your Sigmund mugs? I sure can. All right. When? You don't like my cheap cup? On the video? Now that we have a YouTube channel, I don't think you can use that cheap cup. You're listening to Dear Sigmund. Elitist. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is Dear Sigmund, our podcast, where we will answer your questions, and we will try our best to uh, interpret what question you're asking and give the best answer that we can. But I just want to say from the last episode, there are some questions that I feel that we could use some more information on. So if you don't get the answer that you're looking for, uh, please do write in and follow up. Uh, And we will continue to do our best to answer your questions about anything mentally, well, anything mental health related. How about that? I'm Dr. J.P. Shannon. I'm a board certified psychiatrist. And I'm Shanda Miller, a licensed clinical social worker, and I'm here just to normalize everyday conversation about mental health and to sort of give away as much information as we can, because not all of us have free access to it. Yeah. And there's a lot of barriers. And not even just free, but like, even well, if you're insurance, you're access. willing to pay. Yeah, unfettered access. I just got contacted the other day about somebody who's looking for a psychiatrist for their child. Every single place they called said that it's a six to eight month waiting list right now. Yeah, we get that every day. Yeah. And you, you mean at a per city? Yeah, at a yeah. per city we get we get emails every day of people saying, you know, I've been checking around, I can't get in here, I can't get there. You know, do you guys happen to have any availability? And I can say we're not on a six to eight month wait. Um You're one of the few. You're yeah. one of the few. Well, but it flexes too, right? So yeah. like, we're not on that kind of a weight right this moment, but that could change. I mean, it's yeah. just such a, I mean, COVID. Oh, and there was- COVID's it, thrown us for- and not even just COVID. A staffing loop. There was already a shortage of mental health providers pre-COVID. The need far outweighed the supply of mental health providers and then you threw COVID in the mix and now it's just the chasm is exorbitant right and that's where we hope to be was where in some sort of vague way there's something that we can say that you can pick up on and internalize and improve your situation and get you closer to the life that you want to live yes so if you have a question and we can somehow get close to an answer that you're looking for please write in um we're happy to help, but we can't be your mental health provider. We can't be your medical provider. Um, we can provide educational and entertainment uh, only, but do please keep writing in. Uh, we really continue to gain traction here, and uh, and I'm really thrilled to be able to provide this opportunity for people to get a little bit of insight to the way that we think. And uh, Well, I do want to say that myself or one of the other four therapists that are on staff at Apricity may very well be your mental health provider or could be. So if you're interested in therapy, please know we do not have a six to eight month waiting list. Um, Send us an email or visit our website at Apricity Behavioral Health and we will be reaching out to you where we schedule an initial 15 minute consultation. Get your microphone just It's just all over the place. I know. I'm struggling here. Um, visit us at Apricity Behavioral Health. Go to the contact page, fill it out. We get back to you within 24 hours, and we set up an initial 15-minute consultation. Um, but whatever we say here today, please understand that we are not in a therapeutic relationship at this time. So don't come after us. <laughs> well, if you, and if you need it, please seek it. And yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, your own primary care provider is a great place to start. They they can probably get you some access. All right, we've covered our ass enough, don't you? All right, all right. right. Let's get to some questions. 
Dear Sigmund, my sister's anxiety is ruling everyone's lives. I'm sick of it. She's always been an anxious person, but COVID has made it 10 times worse. Our parents' 30th wedding anniversary is coming up and there's going to be a pretty big party. The problem is that my sister wants to be accommodated 100%. It has to be outside. There has to be a breeze. We can only invite 20 people, only four people at a table, everyone vaccinated and wearing a mask. Catering can only be done by a company that she thinks takes COVID seriously. Oh my God, I can't take it. I'd really like some ideas on how to handle her. OMG, Jesse, what if it said, oh my gosh, you know? Just to throw your deity Should I reread there? it for Just you? Just <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is a really this, this is a serious question because I'd say it's affecting probably twenty five percent of yeah. us because I think we all have that person in our family yeah. right now. And if you are that person, uh, I mean this is this is a really big deal. I mean, look, CDC guidelines are there for a reason, and they have really done their best i know to provide guidelines for all of us to be as safe as possible living life in a constant state of fear um hyper vigilance um believing that the air around you is something that could be dangerous to you and your family is something that is going to take a tremendous amount of time courage um focus to undo um this is, this is really going to be harder for some people, and generally those people who are going to have a harder time getting back as the CDC guidelines lift, getting back to a normal state of life, those people are generally going to have a more anxious personality. They probably have underlying anxieties that will supersede what those guidelines are. Um, and those people who once everything is lifted, you know, and, and probably we can return to life as it was, Pre-co, as opposed to the poco, the post-COVID, you heard it here first, poco world. <laughs> you um, heard it here, trendsetter. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that that individual probably, I would say, is doing their due diligence as a member of society who's trying to protect themselves and others. So the stress that they're going to cause on those around them who may be less prone to uh, you know the the You're anxiety so politically correct right now yeah but i really i, I want to respect both sides because this is causing clearly the person who's writing this in is having a tough time because they want to spend time with their loved one and their loved one is saying i still want to be extra safe and so navigating that bridge i don't think that's what their loved one is saying yeah I think we can only invite 20 people, four people at a table, vaccinated and wearing a mask. Like, it's one expectation on top of the other. This drips of anxiety to me. This well, isn't just say. caution. This isn't just risk averse. Yeah. and these, This is over the top. Those are not C- current CDC guidelines, Exactly. Right? And that's what you're yeah, getting at, beyond. is that if we reality check this to what our governing agency has said, hey, this is the standard we need to follow, and it's like not even remotely close right. to it. But we're going to take six levels above that. And if not, then we're not coming. Well, you got you to gotta meet that person where they are, though. You got to say, hey, I respect that. If you're not comfortable coming, please don't. See but ya. it sounds like this person is really wanting them to come and say, I want to accommodate this person and I love them and I want them there. How can we bridge this gap? I would say, though, Shannon, that this individual clearly has an 
if this is the case, this person has an underlying anxiety disorder, and it is very hard to go from a hypervigilant state to a less vigilant state. Absolutely. In anybody, let alone somebody who probably has a little bit more hyperacuity to anxiety or maybe a little bit more attention to detail or maybe, you know, however you want to you, you want to accommodate the individual who likely has what we call a generalized anxiety disorder. But this person is not obligated to do the disease, to do the anxiety. You mean the person hosting the party? The person who wrote us and saying right. that my sister's anxiety is ruling everyone's lives. She is not obligated to participate in the anxiety with the sister that's anxious. Yeah. Right? That, that is true. But you also have to be comfortable with that. Right. And that's They're what I'm saying. She needs to get comfortable with her choice. Do yeah. I choose to participate in her anxiety or do I not? Where is my boundary? And I will recommend that person, as we should all do, just follow CDC guidelines. As long as your party is following CDC guidelines, I think you can rest assured in your choices. And if this person is at the point where they want to attend, that's, that's okay. That's, and if right, not, you got to be okay with that too. Exactly if they choose right. to bow out, that's it. So I would say making the choices that are aligned with what you can reasonably reality check with science. Yeah. Stand behind them yep. and let the chips fall where they may. It may cause distress to this anxious person. It's likely that it will, but you are not responsible for their attendance or not. Yeah. Not your problem. Isn't that your catchphrase? It falls under not NYP. your problem. Yes. Nip. Not your problem, right? <laughs> their anxiety, you have to decide how much it is your problem. Yeah. It has to be an intentional choice. You cannot be ruled by it, nor can you entirely neglect it or negate it, right? Yeah. So you have to take that information and decide what you want to do with it and make your decision and stand by it. And then here's where it gets gray. You can choose to flex with it as well and maybe change your position or something else, but it has to be true to you. Yeah. If you are feeling irritated and just like, and it's growing from there about this person's anxiety, then your boundary has been crossed and it's your job to step back Take a third-person perspective and say, where was my boundary? Mm -hmm. When did it get crossed? When? Look for when the irritation started. It's okay. usually a good indicator. That's a very good yeah. indicator of where the boundary and is. And if you're willing to accommodate, I mean, really, I mean, if somebody, if you really want this person at your party and, uh, and they said, I won't come but for this, see how much you're willing to flex. Like you said, well, hey, would it be okay if we put your table of four people here you know, X number of feet away from the rest of the party, and then they can decide how much they interact with other individuals. I would say, I have a strong suspicion that people's underlying anxiety disorders will flare during this time. People who are generally more prone to anxiety are gonna start to feel this a little more as we reintegrate back into normal living. You know, in terms of, you know what I mean by that? Like, it'll just become a little more evident to people around them. The folks who are having a harder time readjusting back to normal life may indicate that there might be something underlying this. Generalized anxiety disorder is feeling anxious, worried, more often than not, or difficulty controlling your worry, more often than not, mm -hmm. for a period of, you know, significant mm -hmm. period of time. You know, DSM has certain guidelines. And then associated with those periods of worry, you're feeling on edge, keyed up, irritable, uh, muscle tension, difficulty concentrating, or uh, or insomnia, or difficulty falling or staying asleep. Um, that is the criteria for generalized anxiety disorder. And maybe we could see some of these people who might 
benefit from some intervention, whether it be therapy or medication or something to help them also bridge that they gap. They can't get in to see the doctor for six to eight <laughs> like months. Like we just said. Yeah. Uh, but your primary care doctor, honestly, in, in today's world, primary care doctors, your family prescriber is... In America. Yeah, in America. We're global. These individuals are the number one prescriber of psychotropic medications because of how heavily guarded our specialty is. Not guarded, but how how the lack inundated. Right, exactly. Okay. There we go. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, so talk to your primary care doctor about this, and this may be something. Hey, I'm having a hard time readjusting. Is there anything that you could help me with? Would therapy help? Would a medication help? You know, obviously there are reality based reasons to continue to be cautious and vigilant but if it's affecting your life that you can't keep up with cdc norms and you're working outside of those norms and you can't reintegrate to society i would say maybe talk to somebody yeah yeah is that a good answer did we do it i think this is gonna yeah, be an extremely I, common experience but i think though that we need to be very careful because this person's writing us and they're she's sick of the anxiety ruling her life and yeah, so we have to give her permission her. to say that your sister's anxiety is not your problem you are not going to be able to do anything to quell her anxiety yeah right right that's you a really good point you cannot you don't have an insight argument. into her head yeah there's nothing you can say or do that's going to diminish or raise her anxiety that control lies entirely with her yes right so that's and, my final and word. they might even feel like it's out of their control they may, hey, but I, that doesn't I make it in. These, it, exactly. That doesn't make it in this writer's control. Yeah, right? I see CDC guidelines are this, and I'm having a trouble, you know, reintegrating to that. Right. I'm actually doing a piece for Fox 43 coming up uh, about this exact thing. About you know, look at you with the self promotion. <laughs> well, they're, they're expecting that there's going to be a lot of behavioral disturbance in schools as kids reintegrate because they've been out of school for so long that this kind of readjustment to normal life or norms uh, within kind of boundaries are is going to be hard it will be undoubtedly yeah should we hear another question dear sigmund it's time for my partner's parents to move into an assisted living community they are fighting us every step of the way they cannot live independently anymore in the past year we've had four significant health scares and each time they recover but just a bit worse than before it's not like we're putting them in a dodgy government home we just want them to live in a monitored community where if something happens, there is immediate assistance. Some days my mother-in-law is telling everyone that we are evicted, evicting her, and other days she acknowledges that it's a good move. My father-in-law just passive-aggressive, getting in snarky comments here and there. Is there anything I should be doing to make this easier on all of us? Yeah, stop personalizing it. Uh, yeah. This is a stage of life like yeah. an Ericksonian stage of life issue yeah. that as you age and you start to not be able to meet your own needs uh, there's despair yeah total despair this is a really normal experience for this I couple. get really mad when my knees hurt just from standing up my knees hurt right now and I'm sitting down and you were supposed to play tennis. How are you going to do that? <laughs> I did a rain dance, so I wouldn't have to play tennis. <laughs> no, I mean, I can imagine. Look, I'm not at that stage of life yet. Yeah. But I can imagine how having what feels like your freedom stripped away from you yeah. is right. Because the brain doesn't recognize its own decline. True. 
and that's probably a, a preservation right you know a built-in kind of fail safe for the brain right and so i think the only way you're going to be able to make this more tolerable or easy is don't personalize it listen to them validate them mm-hmm. empathize but hold the boundary yeah yeah I, I like that and it's not even a boundary but it's a recommendation saying look this may be where you're at now and and just identifying that, that really is the best for this person it sounds like this mother uh does recognize that right. from time to time but right. to admit that you know in perpetuity that is a really difficult mm-hmm. thing to say hey i'm in decline which indicates that i'm going to die soon and maybe it's in a home where i am not familiar with and not among my loved ones in their home you know this is an incredibly um enormous hurdle for anybody to get over i saw a guy today um he lost two family members i had a consult today um yeah he lost two younger family members about 10 years ago and uh he has really been struggling with this um and now only when his own mortality is coming into question this idea of one's own legacy and what am I leaving behind and what is what is the memory that I'm leaving on earth and what have I done while I've been here starts to come to the forefront subconsciously but that uh, is what Erickson defines as that stage of life yes it's exactly right where you're right. self-reflective of what is the value you've contributed it's exactly right to this life so developmentally we can sterilize it all and say normal totally but it's not. It doesn't but feel normal it for that person is at the time. Gutting Ugh. to watch them yeah. go through it and to bear witness to it. Because sometimes also pain just needs a witness. Yeah, I like and that. And that can be healing. So right? true. So I would just say depersonalize and witness the angst and the pain. Yeah. Empathize, but be insistent that this is the right choice. And meet them where they are. Right identify that this is probably a really tough time in their life right and anything you can do to make it easier you know that you'll be there throughout that process right. and that you recognize that this must be a very difficult decision right you cannot I, I just think validate and empathize enough to where you feel like you might even be doing it too much I doubt that it is yes. right so I know this is difficult. I know that you don't like it. I know that we're stripping away all of your autonomy and this and that. However, the reality is, you know, you fell and bashed your head open. Yeah. And this no longer is safe. And you could even say, I am so worried about your safety that it would make me feel better if I knew that you were in an environment where you would be safe. You know, a lot of times people can Way be selfless at the end of their lives. Or, no, no, it gives that opportunity to say, I'm going to sacrifice myself for the betterment of the next generation. That, you know, I can recognize, instead of saying, I'm recognizing my own needs, my own health failures, my own imminent demise, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this selflessly to help you. I don't see myself anxiety. getting altruistic at oh, that stage see, of life. See, I would. I would. No. You're callous. I'm going to be the one without a filter. <laughs> I am cold. so, I am. Ice cold. I am. Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> when I was your age, we didn't have internet. <laughs> you know, I mean, What's the internet? Huh? What? The web? <laughs> what? We're on the web now. we got oh, a YouTube channel. Spider web? 
<laughs> something like that. Um, empathize, relate, show compassion, but really make the more sterile decision that's in the best interest. Yeah. You cannot be led by emotion. And it's better to do it sooner than later, right? right. It's better to do it now before you they break a hip. Impa- Right, or, yeah, or, or truly, I mean, there is a high mortality rate. Or you burn down the house. Yeah, right. Because you Leave forget the, the stove on. on. Totally. Right. Um, or you drive the car into yeah. the garage and through the wall. So to be proactive in these situations likely is the best outcome. And also, I'd like to just plug in right now, while your parent is lucid, get all of these opinions that, well... All of these decisions that they want to have for them in the future get it now because after they're incapacitated and it's finally time to make these decisions if nobody's had this hard conversation and say hey what do you want about life support what do you it's want a about legal cluster do not yeah oh my goodness it i see it in the hospital all the time horrid yeah it really Appoint is a power of attorney somebody when you're incapacitated to make those decisions for you a living will and it's not for you but it's somebody who I would trust to make the decision that I would otherwise make, right? That is the that is the person who you want to be your POA. This person knows my wishes, mm-hmm. not this person cares about me and that therefore I know they'll make good decisions for me. It's that this person knows the decisions that I would make in the absence of the ability to make them myself. Mm-hmm. That is the person you want to appoint as your POA. I've, I've thought about even, you know, well, it's <clears throat> that's, that's going to get too personal. But, you know, sometimes a professional can be that person. If, if you don't want to put that burden on loved ones to be the person for the end of life care, the person to make those what very hard decisions. What a thought. I know. Let's just fuck with them and make them like, do you yeah. pull the plug or not? Right. It's all you. And it's so hard. And I will tell you that physicians often defer to, you know, people who are the ones that are – conscious and able to make those decisions you can see it start to slip away from the decisions that the one who is incapacitated and whose life it actually is starts to kind of fade away and then you start to see these fights among siblings or what would dad want or what would mom want mm-hmm. and then it's kind of this really emotional battle among siblings so uh, get all of this on paper while you are lucid or while your loved one is lucid i would really try to get this documented so- well I know the local hospital here has this red fleece blanket. Which one? Wait, LG? Yeah. Oh. That they put on beds that have a DNR. I didn't even know. I don't work for that system. Okay. But I do know they have a a very easy, I think it's a five-page paper of my wishes. Yeah. You know, it's called my five wishes or something or my ten wishes. Something. I like don't that. know. I just thought the red fleece blanket was very subtle and sort of understood okay you know well it, honestly in the panic of somebody who falls into an imminently life-threatening condition you know somebody generally has to run to the chart open the computer look at the chart does it or does it not say dnr and at that point somebody's already doing chest compressions you know so so that that is really good we have bracelets i know there's a lot of bracelets that we use in our system this was a bright red fleece yeah that's that's that interesting was laid across the bottom of the bed she could snuggle up with it or it was like you know over the back of the bed or whatever it was clearly visible that when i walked in i'm like wow. who gave her the blanket and that's when you know i get the nudge and like 
don't draw attention to the blanket as they snuggle with it though right Ugh, and i'm like know. no seriously what's up with the blanket <laughs> no what is this yeah, it's got a crappy fleece get rid of this i know right <laughs> couldn't someone run to the store um but <laughs> get her a nice blanket no stop that's a sign <laughs> exactly so well, it was it was yeah. very eye-opening to me that like these things are important to lay out very important ahead of time very very important and it's important to express to the person that is in decline this is retaining your control we're yeah. not planning for your death i'm planning right. for you to be in control i want you to have as much control over this as possible that's exactly right and you now while you're lucid and able to make these decisions i want you to have that control because once you don't that is gone right yeah yeah that, th there's a lot of power in that so please i don't know that's i guess my plug for having a poa and a you know a health just some kind of a plan mm -hmm. right and detach recognize that it's hard empathize and detach yeah all right jesse you can read it to us if you want all right dear um, sigmund my husband's brother is quite a difficult person to be around he's an evangelical christian that a believes what and van is yeah, that like I, an, I an evangelical evangelical Christian that believes Trump was robbed of the 2020 election and the COVID vaccine is the mark of the beast. See what I mean about difficult? I heard your podcast about why fringe groups exist and what keeps them going. It describes my brother-in-law perfectly. I can see past a lot of that, but what I'm struggling with is his rigidity. Most of it centering around his evangelism. <laughs> Try again. Evangelicalism something like that everything is so black and white with him context never matters things are always right or wrong and he's always on the right side exceptions to rules are impossible i'm so uncomfortable around him and i'm starting to not want my kids around him if i say something to my husband he's likely to tell me i'm making a big deal out of nothing and to just ignore him mm. i can't what would be an appropriate thing to do gtfo <laughs> out of what out of whatever situation Get this brother-in-law what yeah the brother-in-law space i see all right i mean it sounds like this you're not going to change him you can choose to be in his space or not yeah. and let me tell you if you're uncomfortable you also have autonomy your yeah. kids don't yeah. so make the choice for your kids your kids also don't have that ability to say oh he's full of shit or not they are absorbing and they have no way of discerning what's legitimate or not right Right. If you're uncomfortable, get your kids out of there. Totally. And, I, and I'm going to say something about this conspiracy theory thing. So somebody... Are we going to get political? <laughs> well, somebody was just brought to the ER by their family because of these, what we call fixed false beliefs, which is another a way of defining a delusion. Um, and they said he believes in this, 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 and this. You know, I talked to this individual. They were admitted to the unit. Um, and I'm talking with them about it. You know, they're there voluntarily now. They see that something is going on. It's probably disturbing their own life and the lives of those around them. Um, this person went on probably a 20-minute diatribe of the COVID vaccine causing inflammation in the brain, which is a strategy of the Jews who are trying to, you know, kind of call the population in order to have more submissive individuals. And they're trying to, you know, get... or 
society is trying to get rid of everyone 65 and older and then people on welfare because of this idea that we're going to have a, a facial recognition system that will be able to have society work more seam you know seamlessly and it was this this is detailed it was extremely detailed i said well where are you finding this he said this certain website i'm not even going to say it out loud because i don't want to plug it and I went on the website on the hospital computers because I don't really want, you know, you tracking on my own. Now. <laughs> I don't want to do it on my own. Um, and, uh, and sure enough, every single one of those things was backed up. That COVID stood for um, COVID vaccine identification uh, ID, right? So C-O-V-I, something C-O-V-I-D. It was like this certain number that you got that was affiliated with the COVID vaccine number that you had, which is actually your societal ID, and that th when they swab your, your nose for the COVID vaccine, there were actually, some people were getting brain prions, such as- What's a prion? A prion's like a Kritzfeld-Jakob, it's like a- it's like A, a what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a small disease, I want, you know, some are vac, well, I'll look it up. Some are viruses and bacteria, but things that live in the brain matter of cows, like it causes mad cow disease. There's a bunch of different little, what you call prions, but um, that they were sticking into people's brains that were then subsequently actually supposed to injure and kill certain individuals so that we could have a more tame society. Now, this sounds extraordinarily delusional, psychotic to the family turns out every single one of these things was supported by an enormous following on the internet <laughs> so what's happening right now is we're seeing a what appear to be delusions but are no longer delusions because these are extreme overvalued beliefs by individuals that are really getting duped into uh, explanations for things that are not reality-based. But when you find a giant swath of what would be otherwise considered, air quote, evidence on the internet, all these people that believe it, you find yourself among a gathering of people who you're accepted by, that you know something that other people don't know, that you are all of a sudden, you know, prepared for some imminent thing that is happening in society, and you will be better off because of this knowledge that you have. And that is something that is very hard to ignore. And actually why a lot of religions have been successful, right? Like. I know the end of times is imminent because this savior told me and this specific group of people, if we only did this certain magical thing and ate this magic cracker, that we would be saved. You know, it's a really similar momantic in all of society that, that this is not a delusion, that this is something that is really ingrained in humanity, that we want to believe these things that are told to us. And kind of gets to a few episodes ago, old wives tales. One of the things, one of the reasons conspiracy we theories. This. Yeah, we did that. We, we a couple did. more That's before right. of why do conspiracy theories have traction? Yeah. So to try to, <laughs> I say all that solely because to try to have a realistic argument with this individual, you're probably not going to get very far. Because everything you say, these conspiracy theories are very adaptable, and there's an explanation for why your reality-based thinking or your more factual-based, uh, I don't know, contradiction to their statement is not valid. Um, 
So I would not even bark up that tree. Uh, it sounds like even your husband is navigating a really delicate line saying, I love my brother and I just want us to be copesthetic. I just want us to all get along. So try not to rock the boat. Let's That's just not talk about That's toxic positivity though. Yeah, which was from another episode. Which was from well. another episode, right? Because if we don't acknowledge it, that can be harmful yeah. too. Right? I try to not engage in these conversations, to be honest. You know, I, I found them unfruitful. I, I, with my patients, I try right. to really align and meet them where they are. Again, I want to say, hey, it sounds like this stuff is really causing a lot of chaos in your life. I'm not going to sit here and argue all of these theories and these ideas because I know that I don't have enough evidence to the contrary. Or websites. To, right. Yeah. Or whatever it may be. You don't that have I internet cred. Yeah. Could contradict their belief. Right. So what I want to do is say, hey, why are you here in front of me right now? How can I help you with that? It seems like something that is happening is affecting your relationship with your family. It seems like something that's happening right now is affecting your ability to function at your job or your workplace or sleep well or live kind of a happy, fulfilling life. How do we target those things and really help you kind of meet you where you are? But what if they don't want to give up the delusions? And, or the, what did you say, yeah, overvalued? false belief, right. overvalued, overvalued ideas. What if they don't um, want to give it up? Overvalued idea. Like they valued that over their job. They valued that over their family. Yeah. Well, freedom of choice in this country, really. Um, if it, if it, you know, an individual's rights end where mine begin. You know, that's that's a common statement that people say. Like, my neighbor's freedom, you know, and his rights end where mine begin. So as long as you're not hurting others mm -hmm. or imminently hurting yourself. Um, so then there's nothing really to there's stop him from being a recluse living in a cave in the woods, provided nothing. that he's not hurting anybody else. Truly. And if that's the choice that he's making in the way he wants to live, you know, you can, as a loved one of yours, you can help nudge them in the right direction, try to help them in any way possible. But at a certain point, there's only so much you can do before you start impairing your own life and sacrificing your own happiness and freedoms for somebody else which which you could do absolutely but that's your own freedom so it's the job of the loved ones to come to a point of radical acceptance yeah or just you know i'm willing to go this far like you always say shanna i'm willing to set a boundary at a certain point i'm willing to help you to x degree but i'm not going to sacrifice my relationship with my husband to try to change your beliefs right so mm -hmm. my brother-in-law's beliefs is it really worth me sacrificing my relationship with my husband over yeah. But it sounds like she's, do I sacrifice my kids or my husband? Ah, oh, see, I... Sophie's Choice! <laughs> That's a reference to an old movie. I don't know if anyone's going to get that. Is this the second time calling you old in this podcast? Our people are old, too. <laughs> our listener. <laughs> our one listener. You've watched Sophie's uh, Choice. I've not watched it, but I know the cultural reference. You've got homework. Should I? I watched part of Carrie once. The original yeah. or the remake? Oh, the original. Where they drop the pig's blood on her head when she's on stage? I bet it was like, what is it? Uh, some kind of sugary red dye. Was it Sissy Spacek? Or what are, is that her name? That's her name, yeah. yeah. Sissy Spacek? Yeah. You uh, didn't watch the original Faker? Uh, no, I think I watched it, but I don't know. Was that who played That's Carrie? the little girl. Wasn't she in college Listen, or high junior. school? junior. Oh, it was high school. All right, ma'am. Sorry, ma'am. Good. Ha! <laughs> Don't call me Boomer because I'm not. <laughs> so I think, I don't know if that 
really answers that question. I, I really think what if you're uncomfortable around them, if you're uncomfortable around, you're not going to be able to change them. You yeah. can only change whether or not you're engaging with them. And so working on what am I comfortable, what right. kind of engagement am I comfortable with? And am I have comfortable having my kids around them? Yeah. That's the answer to what is the appropriate thing to yes. do. Find where you're willing to go uh, in terms of setting boundaries and how far, how much energy you're willing to commit to trying to fix those ideas or those thoughts. I don't want to invite this guy to my Christmas party, though. Yeah, no, he's probably going to yeah, mess wah, it up. He's going to mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That brings yet that another it? episode. Yeah, well, it is. Thanks for listening. Yeah. This one was a little longer than the others, but I think we hit some good topics. Yeah. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, our own website, dearsubgan.com, um, where you can get in touch with us. Leave us a message, either audio or text. We'd love to hear from you. If you asked a question that we didn't quite get to today or didn't answer it um, in the way you thought that we should, let us know. Yeah. Also, if you think we're doing an amazing job, you can let us know that too. <laughs> You guys um, are really need it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now this yeah. thing is really getting some traction. I'm really happy. So thanks. Keep listening. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks. See you Bye. next time.